0: Welcome to OCDQ Radio, a podcast from OCDQ Blog, Obsessive Compulsive Data Quality. OCDQ Radio is a vendor-neutral podcast about data quality and its related disciplines, including data governance, master data management, and business intelligence. OCDQ Radio is produced and hosted by Jim Harris, the blogger-in-chief at Obsessive Compulsive Data Quality, OCDQblog.com. This episode of OCDQ Radio is going to attempt to demystify Master Data Management, a.k.a. MDM, by explaining the three types of data, transaction, domain, and master, and the four master data entities, party, product, location, and asset, as well as, and perhaps the most important concept of all, the party-role relationship which is where we will find many of the terms commonly used to describe the party master data entity, for example, customer, supplier, and employee. Joining me on this journey to demystify master data management, I am now pleased to welcome a very special guest. John Owens is a thought leader, consultant, mentor, and writer in the worlds of business and data modeling, data quality, and master data management. He has built an international reputation as a highly innovative specialist in these areas and has worked in and led multi-million dollar projects in a wide range of industries around the world. John Owens has a gift for identifying the underlying simplicity in any enterprise, even when shrouded in complexity and bringing it to the surface. He is the creator of the Integrated Modeling Method, IMM, which is used by business and data analysts around the world. Later this year, John Owens will be formally launching the IMM Academy, which will provide high-quality resources, training, and mentoring for business and data analysts at all levels. John Owens, welcome to OCDQ Radio.
1: Oh, Jim, thank you. It's really good to be talking to you. We're on the different sides of the world, but we're only separated by distance. Hopefully our ideas will come together.
0: The reason that we're having you on the show today is to talk about Master Data Management, MDM. I know you have a webinar and a new course coming up on MDM, which I would like to talk about. But before we do that, I'd like to go over some of the basics, because one of my pet peeves about our industry is sometimes when I do go to major industry conferences. I attend these presentations about master data management and a lot of time is spent going over concepts without going into sort of the basic fundamentals and one of the questions that almost invariably comes up every time is what exactly is master data? And I know that you've done a good job of differentiating three different types of data that are out there, those being transaction, domain, and master. Could you give us a little bit of a rundown of what the transaction and domain is first so we can see what we're excluding before we focus on master?
1: Indeed, it is useful. I mean, when I first came across the concept of master data management, I first asked myself, why on earth are people differentiating? Shouldn't all of your data be managed anyway, close to taking it off and creating an industry around it? But then I had to ask myself the question, what do they mean? In order to know what they meant, I had to look at data and say, well, what types of data are there? I came up with three main types. First is transactional data. So whenever the enterprise carries out a commercial transaction with a third party, that creates a transactional data entity. Now that could be a sale, for example, the enterprise sells a product or a service to a party. They will create a transaction called a sale, and that will link a product to a party. Whenever the enterprise does a purchase, they will again be doing a commercial transaction with a party, and they will be, say, buying a product or a service, and that will link the product to the party again. So these are the transactions that are everyday part of the enterprise doing business.
0: Excellent point, John. I would say that although transaction data is often managed independent of master data, it is the execution of a transaction that reveals the interdependence among data. We could even say that transaction data is the connective tissue that binds together master data entities. So John, what is the second type of data?
1: The next type of data is what I call domain data entities. Now, some people talk about this as reference data. I prefer the term domain because domain data is used to classify other data entities. Now, it could be as simple as classifying an employee as a male or a female, or a commercial transaction as a sale or purchase. Or they could be more. It could be that they are constraining the values of other entities. It could be a valid list of states, a valid list of countries, a valid list of languages.
0: So domain data is used to classify other data entities. So we could think of domain data as a classification system for data. You're listening to OCDQ Radio, a vendor-neutral podcast about data quality and its related disciplines from the Obsessive Compulsive Data Quality Blog produced by Jim Harris. Visit ocdqblog.com forward slash podcast to find ways to subscribe to OCDQ Radio and get links to the blog post summaries of every episode. You'll also find ways to contact me, Jim Harris, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you would like to discuss sponsorship opportunities. So be sure to visit OCDQblog.com forward slash podcast for more information about OCDQ Radio. And now, back to the show. On this episode of OCDQ Radio... We are demystifying master data management with special guest John Owens. So far we've discussed the connective tissue, transaction data, and the classification system, domain data. So John, what is the third and final type of data? And
1: finally we come to master data entities. Master data entities are those entities which when joined together through a commercial transaction either generate revenue or create value for the business. And what would these things should be that join? Well, they actually fall into four main categories, products, party, location, and assets.
0: Let's come back to party last, because that's the one I think causes people the most confusion. Let's talk a little bit about the other three master data entities you mentioned first. And those would be product, location, and asset. Can you give us some examples of those?
1: Products think that products are quite obvious, that it's just product or a service. A service is a type of product, but products fall into a lot of different categories as well. Because what you will have is things like retail products. Well, you can start off right at the beginning. Product is coming into an enterprise. It could be a raw material. It could be bought in or manufactured. You have component products, component parts. Then you have wholesale products. These are products not that the end consumer buys, but products manufactured are created by the enterprise to be sold to wholesalers or distributors. The next thing, of course, we're all familiar with is the retail product itself. This is what the consumer actually interfaces with. And then there's a more nebulous type of thing, but really vital, called the marketing product. And finally, service. Now, do you need all of these type of products in your enterprise? There is a question you ask in order to know yes or no. And you ask, what are those products about which we need to measure the comparative performance. If we need to be able to say, which is our most inexpensive form of raw material, or which is our best performing, from a sales point of view, retail product, or what does it cost us to market this particular product? When you're asking those questions, then you need to know that you need to differentiate. And the reason you're asking those questions is because somewhere in the enterprise there will be a business function. And here by a business function I don't mean a department, I mean core business activity that is using that category in order to perform some essential activity for the enterprise. So products could be simple as just a retail product and service or could be split into these other vital categories.
0: Excellent. Let's talk about the next one on the list of three before we get to the big party entity is location. Which I often talk about location because it seems to be the easiest one for people to relate to and perhaps maybe have the least amount of argument over what exactly the location entity is. So what are some examples of location master data?
1: You would think it was simple. Uh, Location, of course, does cause confusion because most people, when we talk about location, we refer to it as an address. But an address is a means of referring to a location. This is one of the reasons why it does get confusing. If we send a letter to somebody, we're sending a letter to the person at a location, and we happen to call that an address. And because it's a street address, we think that that, the address and the location are the same thing. That's okay. However, when we start to talk about locations from the point of view, say, the position of a phone box, That phone box may not be located at 120 High Street in Illinois. It may be at the intersection of Highway 6 and Jefferson's Creek Road. And what is that location and how do we address it? So location here would need possibly to be geographical coordinates or a relative coordinate like 2.8 miles from the intersection of I-95 and Jefferson Creek Road. And why do we need to know about location? Again, I'll come back. Because somewhere in the organization there is a business function that needs to know. So we need to going to be deliver a package to a location, deliver a service at a location, and it could be that we're delivering electricity to a party at a location, or we're collecting a package from a party at a location. So location is very important, but do beware. That address is not a location, address is in fact an attribute of a location.
0: I think that's an excellent distinction. I think we do have a tendency to oversimplify location to think of it as a a delivery point address or a postal address. Our third of the three simpler master data entities before we get into party is actually one that I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's almost kind of like the forgotten master data entity. And that is asset.
1: You're quite right. It, it is a forgotten one. It's seldom discussed. I think primarily it's forgotten because the people who are dealing with the transactions of the enterprise start to talk about master data and they're really only interested in the master data entities that have an interface or a connection with transactions. So we're talking about party and location and product because we will be selling product to a party who resides at a location. But the thing they do forget about are the assets because it's the assets that actually create the product in order to allow us to have that commercial transaction or commercial interaction with the party in the first place. Two of the reasons I give why we need to know about assets is one, they actually enable the enterprise to do its business. The second one is that they actually represent a huge capital value for the business. So the majority of the value of the business could, in fact, be in its assets, its physical assets. There are internal assets and external assets. With assets, we also go back to this very important thing of location. Where are they located? And then we can see that postal address is not much point. It be a huge plant. We could have a single postal address. But where on the plant is that asset? So now, for location, you see that you need to find other ways of referring to the assets. Assets also can be made up of one or more assets. So you could have a huge piece of machinery, which is an asset in itself, but attached to it, you could have several other assets like motors, etc., which are assets in its own right and can get swapped in and out. They have a value, and we need to know their location. And their location could be they're attached to an asset, or they could be in a store somewhere. But we would need to know the location and the value of the asset. And then you have external assets. We talked about location and rural location. You could have a telephone box, which in fact is somewhere out there. It'll be on a plinth, which is an asset it'll have a a kiosk, it'll have the telephone itself and the handset, it'll have lights, it could have transformers. All of these are assets which represent your significant capital for the company and allow the company to do its business. So we do need to know what they are and where they are. So assets and location, very important.
0: Another excellent point, John. I agree that asset and location are very important and they're also commonly misunderstood concepts. So I'll just toss in a little science fiction metaphor that may or may not help people. And this comes from the world of Doctor Who, where the TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space, is the time machine and spacecraft that the Doctor travels in. So the TARDIS itself is an example of an asset, arguably the most important asset that the Doctor possesses. The location that the TARDIS travels to varies from episode to episode. And again, because TARDIS stands for time and relative dimension in space, we can think of the location of an asset as the time and relative dimension in space where an asset happens to be currently located. You're listening to OCDQ Radio, a vendor-neutral podcast about data quality and its related disciplines from the Obsessive Compulsive Data Quality Blog, produced by Jim Harris. Visit ocdqblog.com forward slash podcast to find ways to subscribe to OCDQ Radio and get links to the blog post summaries of every episode. You'll also find ways to contact me, Jim Harris, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you would like to discuss sponsorship opportunities. So be sure to visit OCDQblog.com forward slash podcast for more information about OCDQ Radio. And now, back to the show. On this episode of OCDQ Radio, we are demystifying master data management with special guest John Owens. So I held it off as the more complicated of the four types of master data entities. So far, we had mentioned earlier that Party, product, location, and asset were the four types of master data entity. And I intentionally had us skip party for the moment because here's where I think a lot of confusion happens in the master data management space Because we hear a lot of people talk about things like customers, employers, and suppliers. And this is sometimes a byproduct of the business function silo within organizations where we think in terms of systems like customer relationship management, CRM systems, and ERP systems, which have a tendency to deal with one role within the party entity. So could you give us a little bit of a breakdown of what the party entity is and how these things, what we call customer and employee, are not actually master data entities, but are actually roles within the party entity?
1: It is one of the, the greatest curses, and I see a, a, a lot of the correspondence going on on the comment is all about having a single customer view, which sounds laudable, but it's, it it isn't. In fact, trying to get this single customer view is hiding a much greater truth. And i logged in and posted a few times, there is no such thing as customer. People scream, but the customer is the most important thing. When it comes to master data management, there's no such thing as customer. When it comes to a master data entity, There's no such thing as customer. There is a vital thing called party. And of course, party is anybody with whom the enterprise enters into a commercial transaction or wishes to enter into a commercial transaction. This party could be somebody we're buying from or selling to. So we have this party. But what are these things we call customers, which are really vital to us? And we have suppliers and we have employees. And as you mentioned, Jim, these are all roles that a party can play in carrying out business with the enterprise. So if that party is so they're selling products or services to the enterprise, they're playing the role of a supplier. If they are getting products and services from the enterprise, they're playing the role of customer. If they're working within the enterprise, they are playing the role of employee. Now, you know, a of people will actually scream, well, they're all entirely separate things. Well, they're not, because there are so many times when one party can play many roles. For example, the university, where a person is actually working in the university, making them an employee. They're taking a course at the university, making them a student or a customer. And they're also beneficiaries in the pension scheme of the employee, making them another role, which is beneficiary. So, one party, many roles. I must point out it's not a functional silo here. I would call it a department silo. And because one of my major things is to actually point out to people that functions are not departments, functions are the core activities of the business. Business process modeling has transcended the department silo. That's been replaced with the curse of the system silo. As you mentioned, packages and applications like the CRM. Everybody who deals with that, the customer relationship management application, In there, there's only one role for this party, and that's called customer. And everybody who works with that application, to them, there seems to be only one role for this party and its customer. And they honestly believe that there's an entity called customer because in their world, it's the most important thing there is. Now, on the other side of the business, you've got people in purchasing, and there, the only people they have in their application will be called supplier and he or she is the most important person there is. And then in the accounts department, people who are chasing payment from suppliers, when at the same time they in fact are customers and they haven't brought these two people together. They're treating them as entirely separate entities. So what's needed is in fact for people to see there's no such thing as customer, there's no such thing as supplier when it comes to master data entity. They are roles played by this hugely important entity called party.
0: There are a lot of department and system silos, or we could even call them role silos, where there are systems that deal with the party master data entity, but because they only deal with one role, in the case of a CRM system focusing on customer or a case of an HR system focusing on employee, they think that that is the same as a master data entity. And because of that system silo, we end up with a needless duplication of party master data. So we have redundant storage of the same information about the same party entity. And then we get the frustration when people try to provide an update to their information. Maybe they got married and their family name has changed. Attribute that's associated with the party master data entity that they try to update. And they contact what they think is the company and an update is made, but unbeknownst to them, an update is made in one of those system silos that now doesn't have that information elsewhere. To use a life insurance example, a husband could take out a life insurance policy on his wife where his wife is the insured and the husband is the beneficiary and then the wife can turn around and take out a life insurance policy on her husband, where the wife in that case would be the beneficiary and the husband would be the insured. But if we end up falsely creating four master data entities for what is really only two unique party master data entities that just happen to be fulfilling different roles, part of the problem is the fact that if we don't model it correctly, we create the problem where we have to update it in multiple places, Or if we model it correctly, store it in one location with the current relationship between the master data entity and the roles that they're playing, then we can actually apply singular updates when master data attributes change for that party without having to introduce needless data quality issues into the system.
1: Absolutely, and it does make it remarkably simple. I think one of the things that frightens people about this is when they are dealing with it from the silo mentality and people who are trying to step out of the silo mentality, they still look at four silos and they think, how can we merge all these silos? And the answer is you can't. You don't chop a cake up, mix it all up, and then try to turn it back into a cake. (laughs) you, You just get that mess. However, if you, at the beginning, actually model that we have party and we have various transactions, we can see in between, instead of having the straight transaction, we would always put on top of that, in a logical data model, the role. Then the role stands out there like a beacon to say, this is a vital data entity. It is linking master data entity or party to your transaction the other core entity in your business and the role then will become a master data entity because that's the real relationship you're modeling the link between the transaction and the party now once you do that on a logical data model it's just three simple entities with a relationship and then it becomes so easy to implement that
0: another excellent point John we could even say that the role's the thing by which we will capture the proper data model of the party. And to add an even further Shakespearean flourish, we could say, all the data's a stage, and all the parties merely players. They have their entrances and their exits throughout the business transactions of the enterprise, and one party in his or her time plays many roles. This has been an excellent discussion, and I would love to be able to go into a lot more detail, but in the interest of time and also in the interest of not giving away all of the great things that I know you're working on, you have both an upcoming webinar and a new course, both on Master Data Management. Our listeners will be able to find links to both the webinar and the course in the blog post summary of this episode. We have been discussing Master Data Management with my special guest, John Owens. John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today on OCDQ Radio.
1: Thanks a lot, Jim.
0: Thank you for listening to OCDQ Radio. Go to OCDQBlog.com forward slash podcast, where you can find links to the blog post summaries of every episode, ways to subscribe to OCDQ Radio via iTunes and a non-iTunes RSS feed, and a link to listen to OCDQ Radio on your mobile device with Stitcher Smart Radio. And you will find ways to contact me, Jim Harris, via Twitter, LinkedIn, and email. So be sure to visit OCDQBlog.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening to OCDQ Radio, and until next time, may the data quality be with you, always.